Hopefully you had a great day of worship yesterday. I know we did. And man, let's start this week knowing how great our God is. Isn't that amazing? I hope you just had a great, great, great day of worship. And let's hunger for him. Like today we're in Luke 19 through 21. So welcome to the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. And man... We get in Luke 19, and it starts right off with somebody who wanted Jesus so bad he climbed a tree. Yep, it's the story of Zacchaeus, and many of us know that story. Many of us know the song, how Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and he climbed a sycamore tree, and Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. And he, that's really this section. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He was short as Jesus was entering into the city of Jericho. And so he goes and climbs a sycamore tree. And Jesus went over to him and says, hey, come down from there. I want to go to your house today. So he goes to his house. And when Jesus goes to his house, you know, when we get in his presence and he shows his compassion to us, it's life-changing. And so it was life-changing to Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus was known to be a tax collector that got rich off of extortion. And so while Jesus is there, Zacchaeus repents. He says, I'm going to give the poor half of my wealth, and if I've cheated anybody on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. And so the repentance is real. He accepts Jesus in his life. And Jesus says that salvation has come to this home today. And he says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. So Jesus, that's key. For the Son of Man came to seek and save. We have to understand that Jesus is looking for us just as much as we need him. Jesus wants us to come to him, and he is going out looking for us. And this is a really good story of how, you know, Zacchaeus wanted to see him, so he climbs this tree, but Jesus went to Zacchaeus and sought him out. And the difference for a lot of us is Zacchaeus was open to it. So know that Jesus is wanting relationship with you. He's seeking it out. The question is, are we willing to accept it? So then Jesus goes into the parable of the ten servants. And this is a lot uh, in similarity to the the talents, uh, the parable of the talents that the other gospels talk about. But it talks about a man who's going to be king and he has to leave for a while. So 
he gives money for people to invest. And so he gives money to the first guy, and the first guy he gives 10 bags of silver, 10 pounds of silver. The other one he gives five pounds of silver, and one guy gives one pound of silver. And when he gets back, he asks them what they did. And, you know, the one who had 10 doubles it, the one that had five doubles it, and the one that had one just kind of buries it in a hole and does nothing because he's afraid that this guy is going to be harsh on him, right? But the key in this one that Luke points out in this particular one is the people didn't want him. Some of this delegation, there was a faction that didn't want him to be king. And so what you get from the story is the guy that had no return, who didn't do anything with his money, sided with the people that didn't want this man to be king. So he, in turn, did nothing with the money. So the future king, soon to be king, ordered that man's bag to be given to the man with 10. And they're like, well, wait a minute. He's already got all that money. Why are you giving it to him? And he says, because those who use well what they're given, even more will be given to them. And with those who do nothing, what little they have will be taken. So what we got to understand is when the Lord has blessed us, we need to steward that. So when the Lord does things for us, we need to share that with people. We need to share the blessings of God and and just and when he does it, we need to give him the credit for it and not hide it under a bushel. Remember he's always been talking about when you have a light, you don't hide it under a bushel. And we need to share that because it makes more disciples. People see what you have and how God uses that and how he blesses you, they in turn would like to be receptive of that blessing and that's how we make more disciples. And But if we don't want to share what Jesus has done for us, i.e. given us a new life in Christ, then we're not making more fruit we're not making more disciples and so he's not going to be happy with us and as far as those that create a faction we are in turn against christ which john will point out later uh, towards the end of the bible that that has its own title and he If we are against Christ, then we know that we aren't for Christ. And he already has said, if you're not for me, then you're against me. And in this story, the king says, as for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. So that's like when we stand before Jesus on judgment day and we said, no, I didn't want anything you had to offer me because it was too hard, then we're going to be sent to our eternal damnation, our eternal life 
in hell. And I don't want that. I don't know about you, but I don't want that. So the story has a lot in it that we usually skim over. And I think it's uh, deeper if we just take a minute and look at it. Because after the story, then Jesus has his triumphal entry, you know, when he goes into Jerusalem. So we know we're approaching these final days of Jesus, right? So he's just kind of given his last words as he approaches the passion of the Christ, right? So, you know, they, he, they, they get the donkey. He rides into town on the donkey into Jerusalem, and it's cool that we're talking about Jerusalem right now with all the mayhem. So I found something that we're going to share. But uh, the people, you know, are all blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace on heaven, and, you know, sing Hosanna. And he's, the Pharisees, you know, they don't like it, and they tell him to tell the people to be quiet. And Jesus said this. I love this part because Luke records this. If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into tears. And then as he's watching, he kind of just weeps over Jerusalem again. And then Luke records him going into the temple right away and clearing the temple because they've turned it into a marketplace. And he goes in and clears it all out and says, hey, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. And, he, you know, that's when he drives out the people selling animals for sacrifice and the money changers and all that. So good stuff. And after that, he went in and taught every day. So this obviously riles the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law and other leaders because that's when they start planning how to kill Jesus. But they couldn't think anything without starting a riot because everybody hung to every word Jesus was saying. They were paying good attention to him. And so that's when they start challenging his authority. And they're like, who gives you this authority, you know, to clear out the temple and do all that stuff? So Jesus is like, well, whose authority did John the Baptist baptize with and of course they can't answer it and says well then i'm not going to answer you so then jesus tells them the parable of the evil farmers and how the man had the vineyard and he sent his servants to go collect the sharecropping and they beat him and killed his servants so he finally sends his son because he thinks his son will at least be able to get it, and instead they kill the son. So he's like, what do you think they're going to do? What do you think the owner of the vineyard is going to do after they kill all the servants and his son too? And, you know, the Pharisees are getting it. And so when they get it, this is where Jesus says, so what do you think the scripture means? The stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Everyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone it falls on. That clicks with the Pharisees and they're like, oh, he's talking about us. <laughs> and so that's when they're like really wanting to kill Jesus because they know the stories on him, on them. And so they get mad. So then they start trying to get him 
caught in something else and they're like they're going with the money thing see a lot of this is revolving around money driving out the money changers you know now it's about who's gonna do you pay taxes you know should we or should we not and jesus says well show me your coin whose picture's on it caesar will then give to caesar what is caesar's give to god what is god's my wife and i were talking about this the other day and so then they trick him try to trick him about the resurrection and he's like you know you guys get it wrong because in marriage after people die they're no longer given in marriage they are like angels isn't that cool we're like angels and you know when we talked about that the other day when we're in heaven we are protected from a lot of things and we're all people we're just people of god and we love each other and we love everybody and we're just a one giant family and what's really cool is he says you get it wrong because god is the god of the living not the dead because he talks about how he's the god of abraham god of isaac god of jacob and they're alive he didn't say dead people so then Jesus challenges them. If the Messiah is the son of David, then why did David call him Lord? And and they're like stumped because they don't know. Because they're like, oh, good point, you know. So he just calls them out on their own game, basically. Then they're in the temple. And he's watching people with their offering, right? And a lot of people drop in their spare change, but then the little widow lady comes and drops in her last few cents, and Jesus blesses her because he knows it came from her heart. And she put all her trust in Jesus because she knows this is what I have, this is what I give, because I trust that you are my Jehovah Jireh, you will provide for me. I know that. I know that you want what I have, and I'm giving it to you because I know that you'll provide for me, and I'm not worried. And a lot of times, you know, we don't we don't want to give to the Lord because we are like, oh, I don't know if I can afford it. But the Lord has promised us over and over in his word that when we give to him, he will give us back a hundred times more. And so many times we have seen that. And, you know, I said the other day, so I'm going to steward a blessing, that my wife and I had a prayer answered that was so huge and it made me weep because we have a son that needed braces. And we've been praying over it a lot. We, we got rid of a lot of things that were costing us money that we didn't need, that we were really just having for luxury kind of um and we just hadn't gotten around to cutting them because we didn't need them and so we were praying over it that lord help us to be able to do this for him because we know it's a necessity and lord we know that you your grace is sufficient and that you supply everything we need and so his birthday came up and we decided that we would just take the plunge and go take him in. And we prayed over it and the Lord took care of us because we took him in and it was so much better than we ever imagined. 
And so he's getting his braces, and it was, it, I mean, to tell you, it, the, it was just like the Lord came over that whole situation and said, look, I told you I'd be with you, and look how good this situation is turning out for you. And we are we were just so elated, and, you know, all I could do, and I'm blessed telling you about it, is just say it's the Lord because he took such good care of us on that. And now my son's going to be able to get what he needs for his teeth. And it's it's just so cool to see how God works. And I was so excited. I was yelling in my basement in praise and just worshiping God, thanking him because we have a finished basement. And I was just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's so good. And I love it because our kids get to see how God works when he does that so you got to steward the blessings man because you're offering when you when you give like you the lord expects us to give he blesses man in ways that you just never imagined and we see it all the time in our lives so just believe that the lord will take care of you because he sure does man it's so huge so we close out today with Jesus getting into the end of time again because he talks about the future and the, it talks about the temple because the disciples are talking about how majestic that stonework on the temple is and Jesus talks about the time that's coming when the temple will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of the other. And he talks about the wars and rumors of wars. This is very similar to uh, Matthew 24. And he says, don't panic. These things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. And so I tell you this because, you know, it goes through the, the weird weather patterns, earthquakes and stuff and famines and plagues and all that stuff in diverse places of the world, which we're seeing, right? And then, when even when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you will know the time of its destruction has arrived. That's, you know, we see that right now, right? But the difference is Jerusalem has the power to fight back, okay? And, and they're holding their own pretty well right at the moment, all right? So we have to, we can't look at this topically we always have to look at this thoroughly and jesus was talking about back then as much as he is for the future future because really what happened was jerusalem did fall the temple did fall and it did go into some insurrection after jesus died but it was rebuilt again right so but the thing is, the end end will take place, and there will be some hardship that comes, and we see a lot of it taking place around us, and his word is to be ready, and he promises that heaven and earth will disappear, but his words will never disappear. We saw that in the other two gospels, the synoptics. Remember I said side-by-side uh, -side synoptic means or similar meaning the same. So he says, you got to be ready. 
got to be ready. Notice it like you notice the fig tree and when its leaves come out, you know without being told that summer is near. So in the same way, when you see these things take place, know the kingdom of God is near. So when we start seeing things, and you know what's interesting is if we dive into this, we can see these things in our own life in our lifespan. It doesn't always have to mean the rapture, and I talk about that, about a shift I had on the helicopter. and Because Jesus is coming back for sure. But the reality is, your second coming and my second coming might be in different times. So if we see these things happening, we need to be ready because the day of his return for each one of us is not known. So keep alert at all turn, all times and pray that you might be strong enough and be ready for when the Son of Man returns. That's good stuff, man. And that's how we close out today, is just make sure we're ready for when Jesus comes. And if you had a good day of worship yesterday, I pray that in that you said, Lord, I'm yours. Because that's what we were all about yesterday. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and make me yours. Because he's seeking you out. He wants to, just like Zacchaeus. So if you're up a tree or something, he is looking for you. And he wants you to come down so that he can be in your life with you. Have a great Monday. Let's have a great week. Tomorrow we get into the passion as Luke saw it. And I promise you it'll be yet again another great version of what we see and how much Jesus loves us. Have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.